Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Discussing a couple of assertions that were made in a Politico piece that Donald Trump has damaged goods, his place in the party is far weaker after Tuesday than it was before, and if not for his interventions, the night could have been a lot better for the GOP. And so I'm, I, my simple question is, are all of these, any of these, any combination of, are these things true or not, do you think? Do you agree with these premises? I'm not so sure I do, by the way, on all this stuff. I'm just, like, I throw these out there because I'm curious what the right thinks, what people think about these, rather than a Politico reporter just telling me that this is, you know, truth is, if not for Trump's intervention. Like, I'm not so sure that's the case, especially when you look around the country at all of the different races that he got involved in. I mean, after all, he got Ted Budd across the finish line. I mean, at least in the primary. But then again... He really wasn't around doing a whole heck of a lot for Ted Budd in the state, right? And remember the other day, Morgan Jackson, who's Roy Co- Governor Roy Cooper's Democrat strategist guy and worked on a lot of these campaigns around the state, Morgan Jackson said, you know, he doesn't have a, one nice thing to say about Donald Trump, except that he's a heck of a motivator. He motivates his base, but he also motivates the Democrats like no other political figure does. And so I wonder, like, well, is I mean, if, you, if you're going to nominate a boring guy, fly below the radar. Democrats don't know anything about him. They don't know anything about him, and they're not agitated by him. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's a good strategy there, right? And by the way, I don't have the answers to all these questions. I ask the questions, and I, I try to test them out, and, you know, I'm, I am able to be persuaded on some things. Um, Neil says, Pete, personality does mean a lot, but assume, you're assuming people either tolerate Trump's personality or hate it, don't forget, some people totally love his personality. Trust me, Neil. No one could ever forget that some people totally love his personality. Okay. <laughs> there are a lot of people I encounter that love his personality. And and this was one of my warnings, by the way, because I've like, look, I I had these arguments and discussions with people in 2016. And, you know, my concern has always been that. You know, when you are a grievance collecting type of a person, first off, you you know, you see everything as grievance and you start then holding grudges and it kind of eats away at you yourself. So it's not a healthy way to go. But this grievance collection and it's predominantly on the left, but I've, I see it on the right as well. And I see it a lot in a lot of people I talk to about Donald Trump and they're very much on board with Donald Trump and they want Trump to go punch somebody in the mouth for them, rhetorically speaking. That may be figuratively, but rhetorically speaking, they they feel abused. They feel aggrieved. And they're like, these guys have been picking on me and bullying me. And I am now going to go hire somebody that's going to go smack them in the mouth. Right. And I totally get that response. I totally do. Um, my concern is that when you hire a monster to go fight to go fight monsters, the world ends up with more monsters. That's my concern. And this then becomes the norm. And I don't know if that's healthy for the society. If every politician is going to be behaving like this, like Trump does, and some do already, by the way. And it's one of my biggest, oh my gosh, this hacks me off so much when I see people, whether they're the never Trumpers or they are the Democrats or their media allies, and they behave exactly like Donald Trump does in some way. 
while bashing Donald Trump. Right? It's like, my God, you lack any self-awareness. Like you're criticizing Donald Trump for, you know, a personal attack on somebody while you're personally attacking someone. <laughs> it's, it's just, God, it drives me nuts. All right. Uh, let me go over here and get uh, Byron on. Hello, Byron. Welcome to the program. Hi, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? I was just uh, really encouraged by the election results in the uh, county I'm from here in North Carolina. It appeared to me Republicans won at least 90% of all the races. Byron, I, I, are you on a speakerphone or something? Uh, yes, so let me take that. Yeah, oh, that's, oh, God, thank God, because that's an awful connection otherwise. <laughs> are you there? Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, yeah, okay, that's a little bit clearer. Okay. But I don't know if I'm correct, but maybe you no. can Oh, my goodness. Now, Byron, I think you're in, you're in a bad cell. I'm going to put you on hold. We'll, we'll come back to you, see if you get in a better cell if you're driving. Uh, you're on hold. I'll bring you back. Let me get to Robert. Hello, Robert. What's going on? Hey, Pete. I appreciate you taking my phone call. Sure. Thanks for hanging on. As always. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, if Donald Trump truly loves the United States of America, which I believe he does, uh, I would just hope that uh, he would just uh, step to the side and uh, put his backing toward uh, Ron DeSantis or what have you. Uh, And that's for the sanity of this country, because... Even the people that, a lot of people that I know that voted for him, including me, um, just don't want to go through another four years of, uh, you know, the media just badgering him and badgering him because he will not back down. He's, right. You know, it's just his his personality. And uh, What of the argument that the other caller said, well, if, if it's not Trump, you know, DeSantis is going up and then he's going to get that fire trained on him? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he will. But I, you know, from all I can gather from you know hearing and seeing DeSantis uh, on TV and et cetera, um, he's calm and he's cool. He's collected, um, and uh, you know, but he, and he will stand up for himself and he'll stand up for his people around him. Um, but uh, the the people in this country don't want to. The temperature uh, of this country back uh, right in the middle of Trump's. Uh, you know, presidency was at such a high level that uh, people, uh, the soccer moms, and nothing against them or whatever, they just don't want to go through this anymore. They 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 want uh, they want the policies, but they personality does matter. Whether that Chris guy uh, wants to um, believe it or agree with it or not. Uh, now, I do agree with Chris in that um, that the the Republican Party could be its own worst enemy if they can't come together and unite as one because uh you know Joe Biden and that crew will not uh, will like nothing better than uh for DeSantis and Trump to uh bash heads go at it against each other um because then what you'd have is the, is the folks that don't vote for Trump or don't vote at all that will be a vote for Biden and that's another 4 years of uh of this uh frankly disaster that we've got going on right now and uh and as always Pete uh Appreciate you uh, taking my phone Yeah, call. sure. Have a great day. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate the call. Thanks for making it. Uh, you too. And let me see if Byron's is he in a better spot now. Byron, are you in a better spot now? Yes. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's see if we can do this. Third time's a charm. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I was just making the comment. I was looking at the election results in Surrey County, and it appeared to me the Republicans won at least 90% and maybe even a lot more than that, and I was shocked. So I don't want people to uh, not know, and I think they ought to check these local elections more, especially outside of Mecklenburg County and the big bigger cities. 
but it never used to be like that. When I grew up, it was Democrat, right? Primarily, yeah. This is there's a this is the realignment that's happening. You're seeing Democrats pack into the blue areas and Republicans spreading out into the red areas. Blue or, blue getting bluer, red getting redder. Right. Yeah. Well, I think as far as DeSantis goes, I think he's the man. He's he's got it all. He's a family man. He seems to be honest and has the, the his heart in the right place. And I can't say that about Trump. Hmm. Did you vote for Trump either of the last two times? I voted Republican. I don't vote for the person because I want my party to win. You know, the person is important, but. You know, that's why DeSantis is a better choice over Trump. I got you. But, well, so, I mean, but you're saying, yes, you did you, you did pull the lever for Trump, even though it's not for him, it's for the party. But, that, but, but so it's what you're saying now indicates a bit of a, a change, right? Because you, you kind of held your nose and pulled it for Trump. Is that it? Yes, I'm okay. an independent now. Right. And, uh, I, I don't vote anything uh, of liberal policies because I just don't agree with them, especially abortion. You know, I don't know why we call it abortion. We should call it something else. Yeah, no, I got. Is. Yeah, I got you, Byron. I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I don't know what's happening. If you've called in, by the way, and uh, you're you got you got dropped. I'm not sure. I don't know what I'm even looking at on the board here. I'm looking at green lights all lit up on certain calls, so I'm not sure what's going on. So I'm trying to get to the callers as I can, so they don't get dropped. Uh, Jr., welcome to the show. Hey, Jr. Yeah. See, I don't know what's happening with the phone system. Uh, I'll put JR back on hold. Um, I would give the number out, but I'm afraid what happens if people call it now. Um, Joseph says, Pete, I think Trump still maintains immense power within a large portion of the base, but his power is waning. He will have a precarious task in taking on DeSantis because his two biggest failures, COVID lockdowns and the riots, are both issues DeSantis handled well. Rebuffing Fauci and calling out the guard to quell any mostly peaceful protesting, fiery but peaceful protesting, are extremely popular positions, even with Trump diehards. But while Trump talked, DeSantis delivered. Yeah, this is. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I don't know. I'm not making any kind of prediction. I don't know. And I don't even know if DeSantis is will run. And maybe there are other people that get into the race, too. Who knows? Who knows? Um Mark says Trump is going to burn it all down regardless of what happens. He's got no loyalty to anyone except himself. If the Republicans start to rally around DeSantis, Trump burns it down. If he has to primary DeSantis, he will burn it all to the ground because he knows that's his only option. He certainly can't compete intellectually with DeSantis. I think he's well aware he doesn't have a path back to the White House and in turn just plans to burn it all down. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right. Do that. See what happens. All right. 704-570-1110. Well, now I got those two lights lit up. All right. 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. 1110 email is Pete at the Pete Callender Show. Talking about the red wave that wasn't Politico says that Donald Trump is damaged goods. Trump's place in the party is weaker than it was before the election. And um, if not for the president's interventions, the night could have been better for the GOP. And I'd simply ask if you agree with that. 
any of those statements or all of them or not. Um, what else here? The uh, Oh, this is a piece from uh, David Strom along these lines at hotair.com. He says uh, he's angry. He says, and after my initial bout of incoherent rage at everybody, I am calming down, as all of us should. I have yet to see a situation where anger, panic, or emotionalism made things better. I doubt this is the first, so let's get back to basics. America is facing the same challenges today as it was on Monday. The Marxists are in charge, and they need to be defeated. After a massive campaign that culminated in yesterday's election, we, were fought, uh, we fought to a standstill. We didn't gain ground. We didn't really lose any either. The front lines barely changed. The battle happened, and everybody walked away exhausted, bloodied, bruised, spent, we expected to win big, so this is beyond disappointing. Our morale took a hit, but we are actually in pretty much the same spot we were before. And the stakes in 2024 are higher now. It's time to reassess, adjust, and prepare for the next battle. We didn't lose the war. We didn't actually lose the battle either. We squandered an advantage. Lots of us are angry, justifiably, and are looking for officers to frag. Mistakes were made. We need somebody to blame. Fine, we can have that argument. But it need not become violent or excessively nasty. We should argue with each other about our strategy, and we should determine whose strategies worked and whose didn't, and then choose winners as the rightful leaders. America's worth fighting for, and Joe Biden's Democrats are no less dangerous today than on Monday. In fact, given the morale boost they just got, they're going to be a little bit more dangerous. He still, you know, he still has the phone and the pen. And he's actually even more willing than Obama to push the constitutional limits of his power. Americans are looking for leaders they can both like and trust. They know that things are going badly and they want to change. In many cases, they did not like the alternatives that were given to them. 2024 is going to be a do-over. So let's regroup and give them alternatives that they like better. This is one of the things... I, I, I will give you myself here as an example on school choice. Vouchers, North Carolina, right? My personal opinion, right? If I could wave a magic wand and, and have the school system or I should say public education, if I, I, if I could wave a wand and, and have it look away, look in, in, in some different way, it would not be vouchers at all. It would just be a completely privatized system. Just get, just do away with the whole thing and let nonprofits and let community groups set up schools and such. There, there would be all, because you would get foundation support, donations and stuff like that. Private schools. The voucher idea is my compromise. That's my middle ground to the people who want government monopoly. I think I'm being pretty reasonable. I do. I think I'm being pretty, pretty reasonable here when I say I want to just get rid of all of it. You want to, you know, keep government in charge of all of it. So my compromise position is why don't you give people a choice? Right? You're worried about people not getting educated. Okay. So then here you go. This is a way you keep a safety net with schools that are funded by the vouchers. Government schools funded by voucher, essentially. And you have the option for kids to get out of the failing schools. Right? So that's a pragmatic approach to an issue 
This is a compromise. I can live with this compromise. Okay. And now look, there are some issues where you can't, right? You know, like, for example, the Israeli-Palestinian issue, right? That thing <laughs> where, where, you know, uh, Hamas and Hezbollah, and they're like, hey, uh, you shouldn't exist. And Israel's opinion is, actually, we should. So like, there, there's really not a, there's not a middle ground, not really anywhere to compromise on that. Okay? Now, that being said, folks need to understand that there, you've got to be willing to, to get what you can get. What was the old... Uh, uh, line from, uh, you know, I think it was Reagan or maybe it was Kennedy. Uh, they said, you know, uh, get half the loaf and then come back and fight for the other half. Right? That's the idea. And that's what uh, the hot air author is saying as well. You gotta, you gotta fight now, but the enemy is the Marxists. That's where we need to focus our attention, but we need to figure out the right strategy. And so that's what this discussion today has been about. Is Trump weaker or not? Is he damaged goods or not? What would he do if he loses? Right? These types of questions, that's why we are having these discussions is because we need to figure out what's the best strategy going forward. And by the way, I just saw here um, two items of interest. There was a statement from... Where is it here? Statement from Trump. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's running. Um, he came out, uh, I'll find it here, I'm sorry. It, it, it wasn't even really a veiled reference. It was, I mean, it was basically just a flat out, a senior Trump advisor, here it is. A senior Trump advisor just confirmed Tuesday's announcement and said, quote, the media, the corporate elites and political establishment has all moved in unison against Donald Trump at their own peril. It's like they want to recreate 2015, 2016. Let them, we are doing it again, buckle up. All right, so he's going to run again. So there's that. Um, Meanwhile, in Virginia, you know, Winsome Sears, the lieutenant governor up there, uh, African-American, female, Republican. uh, I think she may be the first black lieutenant governor, maybe black statewide elected official. No, because Doug Wilder, wasn't he governor? So maybe black female, maybe black. A lieutenant governor, I forget, it was a historical election that, that she won along with Glenn Youngkin, uh, what, a year or two ago. And she was also the national chair of black Americans to reelect the president back in 2020. She, she was in charge of getting the African-American vote out for Donald Trump in 2020. And she said today on Neil Neil Cavuto's show, quote, I could not support Trump if he decides to run for president in 2024. We have a clear mission and it is time to move on, she said. Seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten one eight hundred wbt 1110 We're talking about... The red wave that wasn't, whether or not um, Donald Trump is weaker now than he was before the election. Um, also, by the way, uh, you're starting to see the mobilization against him from, and I think that's also why he's looking to get out in front to make this announcement as quickly as possible. Um, although I did get a message here. Uh, the GOP, oh no, wait, that's not it. It's, uh, in my opinion... 
Trump needs to, one, do not announce until after January 23rd. The announcement uh, should be that he will not run as president, but will be happy to support Ron for 2024. Wow. Um, well, he won't do that. Um, this is the thing, too, that I, I thought about as I, was, as I was coming into work today. Why not just be the kingmaker? You know? I mean, Donald Trump could, I mean, think about it. He could go and do all of these rallies and all of these fundraisers, and he could be the kingmaker. And he's getting a lot of uh, flack because he raised, like, you know, hundred million, whatever it is, million dollars, right? And and then didn't didn't fund all of these candidates. And there are criticisms on the other side too, like McConnell and his crowd, and they didn't fund certain races. So, like, I'm shooting, I'm shooting in every direction on this because they're. Because they both made these calls. So I'm not holding Trump to a different standard than I am holding like Mitch McConnell. But I just wonder why go through all of this again. Why not be the kingmaker and build this organization for the future? You know, I don't know. I just thinking about that. Like you could be really, really powerful and not be president. But what do I know? Just a radio host. Hello, Pete. Welcome to the program. It's always better to be the man behind the king, you know. Right. The guy, yeah, that's exactly. Pete, see, aside from the name, I thought this was going to be a good call. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> let, let me give you another target here. All right. Uh, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. So the Dobbs decision goes down, right? And the liberals are all freaking out. A lot of women were freaking out about it. Okay? So Lindsey comes up with the brainiac idea. Hell, what's this new a federal law on this? Okay? So outlaw abortion after 15 weeks nationwide. With exceptions, Look, yeah, I, whatever. But I, <laughs> well, no, but 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 that was see here is and this is part of the problem is why I say elections are about what media make them right because still, still. the media well because the media focused on this quote nationwide ban on abortion that became right. the shorthand for it and right. Lindsay should have known better but like the the bill itself I thought was fine the bill itself no, is fine no it was terrible because that's a state issue and that was the whole thing about Dobbs it was I I understand issue. that argument. But well, I also understood that no, argument away. But Pete, away. But Pete, the the other part of that was that it had no intention of ever passing. I know, Pete, but it doesn't matter. You'd know better than that. What do you mean it doesn't matter? It was a messaging point. It, it is, but who did it help? Did it help us? No, but absolutely not. I don't think so, but it could Actually, have. What was the number one issue they said in these exit polls? It was abortion. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I can make an argument to you if you're pro-choice. Say, look, it depends on where you live. You live in New York or California, mm-hmm. Pete. You can have an abortion up to the minute that baby is born. Okay? I, I I understand all of that. the The point was okay. the mess. The point was the messaging, and the point was to dis it was to dispute the idea that abortions had now been banned by the overturning of Roe v. Wade when that was not the case. And and what they, what people were arguing for in different states, it was all over the place, right? Because of the very fact that what we're talking about, the federalist model, and every state has different laws, and people were using laws in one state to make the argument that this other state should vote against Republicans because this other state doesn't have that doesn't have that law, but it could totally have it, right? And no, so I think I think you're completely wrong because I think it sent the message that we're basically outlawing abortion, exactly. but that's not correct. I know it's not Pete, but I'm telling you, if that's the perception, it doesn't matter what the facts are. But I think that's what Graham's point was: was to try to get the get was to try to change the perception of what was being marketed. Because when when Dobbs first came out, the original arguments against uh, the Republicans and how it was being used by the left was that 
They just banned abortion nationwide. And what Graham's bill was a response to that was to say, we're not banning it nationwide. There's a 15-week deal after the first trimester, and here are all the exceptions that everybody always talks about. Well, when you're explaining, you're losing. I agree. And I'll tell you this, and I was watching Don Bolden. I follow this election very close up in New Hampshire. Very good candidate, okay? That's what took him down. And, and Bolden said, look, I would have voted against it. They were hammering him on that. That's, that's the reason he lost, because New Hampshire is liberal socially. It just is. Mm-hmm. You know, and he said, look, I don't want to mess with the, the, the laws of my state. You guys, that's, I'm, I believe in federalism. I really think that was... <laughs> That was a death blow to this campaign. That's my opinion. Now, other people messed up. McConnell didn't support people, and, and Trump stuck his nose in where it didn't belong a lot. I agree with all that. Yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think the damage that Lindsey Graham did by putting that bill forward, whether he meant well or not, right. doesn't really matter at the end of the day, was very destructive. Pete, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thank you, Pete. Hi, man. Bye. See you. Great name. Great name. Uh, Jason, welcome to the program. Hello, Jason. Hey, how you doing? Hey, um, I'm good. But that last, it's funny, it's one, I do think that uh, Trump is or does seem to be perceived as weaker. Um, I'm not sure if, because you know he made those comments what uh, a couple of days before the election about DeSantis, and right. I, I kind of got the feeling of what you were reading about he was trying to get out in front of this, because like when you're saying, you know, when the dust does settle, there's still a lot of races that are still in play, and I mean if you look at his overall numbers of of uh, you know, his endorsements of who and who won and who lost, um, being the kingmaker, he's, I would still say he's he's good at that. I mean, I, I definitely voted for the guy. You know, I like the guy. Um, I don't think when you go back to the roots of all this stuff, DeSantis doesn't even exist without Trump, right? If you look back when DeSantis was first elected in that that election, what was it uh, in twenty twenty? I mean, he barely won that thing. He's done a great job, but. I mean, how many people during COVID moved down there? And, and Florida's blood red, so I get it. I'm not saying that he's not a good or had been a great governor. I'm just saying um, what that he know, that he should that, not that he should ahead. not challenge Trump because no, 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 no. Not Trump made I, him. I'm trying to. It's more along the lines. Where does he where does he fit like in the middle of the country with polling? And I know a lot can happen in two years, um, but I do think and I feel. Just from what I've read and seeing that there, this was going to come no matter what. I think, uh, you know, what happened in Pennsylvania and, and in Michigan, I'm not sure, you know, you get into the ballots versus votes and the whole landscape is changing and what the Democratic Party's yeah. doing and has done with these mail-in votes and ballots. And if the Republican Party doesn't get get their head around that, I mean, they just got, we, we or they, the Republican Party's, Got to figure out this whole uh, this whole mailing. I agree because the, the rules are changing. I agree. So here's here's a question on this front. Um, let's say let's say it uh, it's Trump and DeSantis, and let's say first Trump wins, he gets back into office. Do you think he's going to be able to surround himself with the with the right people to address that issue versus DeSantis? If he were to win, do you think? he would be able to surround himself with people to get at those election issues. So that's a great, that is a great question because I've, I've, I tend to think um, right or wrong, Trump's been through it the first time. So, and so you don't know, was it just, I mean, what, what, I think when they showed up, you hear some of his, the people around him say, Hey, we only had a handful of people. They just didn't know how deep the swamp was. If you want to use right. those, those words. Right. So he has a, he has an understanding of what the landscape looks like now. 
I'm not sure. I, 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 I'm not real happy with some of the people that DeSantis is cozying up to. I'm not a fan of there's deep pockets out of, out of DC and, and up in New York that are kind of behind that they're meeting with. You know, I, I had read someplace, I can't remember where it was, that the reason Trump had that shot across the DeSantis bow a few days before the election was just they found out that McCarthy and, and they were, they were having these meetings about, you know, this is like Game of Thrones type stuff that's sure. happening behind the scenes because it's power. And um, it does not come across seemly for, for Trump to be saying this. I, I kind of understand it. I don't really like it, but um, I can see what's going on. And I, like I said, and like you said earlier, I guess the question is, I don't know. I feel like Trump um, would probably surround himself with people that, you know, let's call them uh, pipe hitters that, are, that can handle this stuff. Not to say that DeSantis won't. I just, I just don't have the feeling yet that, you know, some of these core issues of like, you know, building a wall or, or handing, dealing with China. I, I mean, DeSantis might handle the, the, uh, the China stuff differently, but I, I want the stuff handled uh, the way Trump, those issues that he came across with when he, when he came in in 2016 and during his presidency, that's what I want to handle with, without all the noise he had to deal right, with. Right, but you don't get that. That's Yeah, no, I get you, Jason, but that's the problem is we don't get that. Uh, we, we get them both. Uh, appreciate the call. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Let me go back over here to the phones and get David on. Hello, David. Welcome to the program. Hello, Pete. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's uh, what's up? What's going on? Uh, I just want to talk about uh, DeSantis versus Trump in yeah. the future. Um, uh, unless DeSantis proves himself not to be a, like a paid-off swamp creature, because um, I think DeSantis is awesome. Awesome guy in Florida, great governor. But um, I, I think you have to be super naive to think that people wouldn't choose Trump over DeSantis because Trump, uh, I know he's flawed. I know he's got a dirty mouth. He's not a, as a, articulate as DeSantis. You know, he's, he's not a, as good as a public speaker. But there, there's nothing more that the establish, establishment want more is to subvert the will of the people. And when we had Trump back in the day, Trump called out the fake news. He, he kind of sparked this thing in people, uh, in people that you don't really get much. Like it's, he was a kind of a once in a generation kind of personality mm-hmm. and, and that's super powerful. And, uh, and I don't know, unless DeSantis proves that, that he's the real deal. Um, we don't know. Cause it kind of, he kind of seems like, uh, you know, the whole DeSantis project might be a, a whole thing. So people forget about Trump. So, so people will just want him to be a little blip in history and so the establishment can just wash his hands, wash their hands clean of, of them. And because, I mean, that's that could be what happens. Sure. Well, look, there are going to be forces in the establishment, quote unquote, the establishment side of the party. Uh, and I don't even know what that means anymore. But uh, there, there are going to be a lot of people that want to move on from Trump that will obviously gravitate towards DeSantis. A- absolutely. That's because he's going to be an alternative if he decides to run. Again, we're yeah. all assuming that this might actually happen, but we don't know that that will. DeSantis may turn around and say, no, I'm not going to run. I'm going to finish out my term. I'm going to be the governor, and then we'll see what happens after that. Um, because I, there's a lot of downside for him to going up against Trump. I mean, there's a lot of brand damage that he could take, um, and he comes out of that race and doesn't win the nomination, and 
has his you know ha, ha, you know has his wife attacked, his kids attacked. I mean, because Trump is going to do to him what he did to all of the other Republicans. And he's going to get nasty and personal. And he's going to say all these terrible things about him, and that stuff is going to stick. So, is that worth it for him? I don't. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. that, and that's a decision he's going to have to make, obviously. But it, I, I don't judge the candidate. And I, let me say this way: if you have the establishment that backs DeSantis, that does not necessarily mean that he is in cahoots with them. It's just that he is anything other than Trump, right? He might right. just be the standard bearer for them to get rid of Trump. And so, okay, we may not even like this guy, but he's better than Trump. Let's let's do it, right? That that might yeah. be the case, too. Or, like you said, he could very well sign on to whatever the, quote, swamp wants, and, and yeah, it could shake out that way as well. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping, uh, you know, that, he, that Trump crosses the T's and dots the I's and, you know, learns. I know you had a caller earlier that was <laughs> yes. very, uh, I forgot what her name was. Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I love Jane, but this is one of the problems I have in, ha- in, in, in having discussions, and I've had these for years with, you know, real diehard Donald Trump supporters and I used to have these same conversations with diehard Obama supporters, too. And they they love the candidate, and that I, I fully acknowledge that uh, I do not. And I also acknowledge that there are no political candidates that I really, really love and I buy into like that. Candidates will break your heart. I say it all the time. They're going to break your heart. Oh, yeah. And so if you go into it knowing that, you, you, you kind of never really get this this adoration thing going. But the... I understand you can't really you you can't really reason with a lot of people that are so in love with a candidate. There's it's not a rational discussion. It's 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 emotionalism, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I thought that came through with with Jane. And that's and I'm not saying that as an insult. It's just, you know they she just really likes Donald Trump, and there's anything you're going to say to change her mind. Yeah, I mean she she's symbolic of the uh, of that spark that Trump created. Right. Uh, you know, people love that. People love that. And if, and if um, you know, I'll totally support Trump if he, especially if he, he picks a VP that's a female, someone that's super, like, I mean, I don't know about Carrie Lake or um, mm-hmm. what, what's her name, uh, Christine Nome. I, I don't, I don't, I haven't refreshed myself about how, um, you know, valid they are to, to right. do that. But, I mean, if he does that, I mean, he, he could be in good shape. Yeah, or Mark Robinson. Yeah, Mark. Ah, yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> All right. David, thanks for the call, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, and I agree that the same thing that Donald Trump did with the Republican Party in 2016 is the same thing that uh, uh, the Tea Party did to the Republican Party after Rick Santelli uh, got up there at the what, the, Char- uh, the Chicago um, Mercantile Exchange, whatever it is, and, and you know, stop spending, stop spending, and he and it takes out the little tea bag and says, you know, tea party, whatever, and that launched the tea party movement. So you had all these grassroots activists; they were all involved. I went down and hung out with them because I was in Asheville at this time, and they were doing protests and stuff. And uh, and so, yeah, like it was this 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 whole reaction. And I've said this before, but you've got you, you had a, a a batch of candidates that came out of that initial movement that was sparked. And some of them were not very good. Right? Some of them uh, may have been dabbling in some witchcraft, like literally so. Christine O'Donnell up in, what, Delaware, I think it was, where she she puts out her first campaign ad and she says, I'm not a witch. Okay, all right, well, that's not a great first campaign ad. That is not a good way to introduce yourself to the potential electorate. You know what I mean? So uh, there were some not ready for primetime candidates. But fast forward a couple election cycles and we ended up with a lot of good candidates better candidates. And so 
I'm I, I am watching the rise of Trumpism and this that spark that he kind of you know lit for people like this is the way to fight back. This is the way you want to. Uh, this is the posture you want to adopt. I'm hoping that that's the thing that people take out of it, and then that's how you win. Here's another winning idea. Go to the Charlotte Auto Show, 29th year. It's at the Charlotte Convention Center starting next Thursday. Brett Winterbull is going to be down there at 3 o'clock. Hero Day is Thursday as well. Free entry with ID for folks in the medical community, teachers, first responders, active military, and veterans. Head on down. Thanks for your service. Also, happy birthday to the uh, U.S. Marine Corps. We'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.